Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship, and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. The generosity of kings. Alexander the Great is considered to be the greatest military general in history. He was conquering cities faster than we are planting locations. Now that, that, that's contextual. Mm. Our first time guest, you're welcome, and our second time and third time. Also here, we don't take ourselves too seriously, as you may have found out by now. Yeah, we measure on joy, peace, love, kindness, that kind of stuff that is of the Holy Ghost. Things like seriousness, we left it behind because we tried it and it didn't work. Can you imagine being married to a serious person? Even when you crack a joke, they write back a letter to acknowledge the reception. The above refers... (coughs) The above refers... Uh, this is to inform you that we note that the joke that you cracked on Thursday was well received. Please find herein the acknowledgement of the same signed husband. <laughs> I'm not going to other examples, but Alexander the Great greatest military general in history. At that time, they didn't have Instagram. For those who think that Instagram was, came in the days of Adam and Eve. Uh, so you've been wondering about pictures of the Garden of Eden and why no one has put them up. Now, they didn't have Instagram. <laughs> they didn't have <laughs> and other such. So the citizens of these cities that were being conquered by Alexander and his Greek army didn't know what he looked like. So you could be there and you pass the emperor himself and, and you don't know he's the one. So he was walking, walking in one of those cities with his assistant and they found a beggar and the beggar put out his plate. You know, some money, some money, some money, some money. So he stops and gets into the bag that was being carried by the assistant and gets a stash of gold coins. And then he put them in the beggar's what? Plate. And the assistants were agape that's amazed shocked what are some of the other English words for agape astonished and astounded flamoxed all those came from this side now let me see whether this side there are people who know English what startled flabbergasted yeah that's correct this side you've been rescued by flabbergasted. So they were flabbergasted. Is there more from this side? I don't think that's an English word. They were flabbergasted, uh, bemused. Hey! They were like, hey! Look, who are you giving the beggar all that money? And they said, you know, 
a few copper coins would have sufficed. That's when Alexander turned to the assistant and said, Alexander does not give according to the beggar's standard. He gives according to Alexander's standard. Generosity of kings. Have you ever received a kingly gift? The very first time, Pastor, the very first car Pastor Ari and I owned was a gift. Someone just called us. Those days we were, we, we had been married for a short time. And this gentleman called us, Reverend Stephen, and said, God told me to give you my car. It was a Monday. He said, come pick it tomorrow. I didn't even know how to drive, so we had to go with Brian Orion to drive it for us. Hey! That was too serious. I was like, a car? People, someone can give a car? What? What about? Those are kingly gifts. I'm told Kenneth Copeland has given away 30 aeroplanes. Real ones with wings that go up in the air. For, forget these ones for, 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 for pushing around in the sitting room. And say, aeroplane, aeroplane. No, not those ones. Even those ones, even you, you have given away. <laughs> Why are people not happy in this room? Those are called what? Kingly gifts. I think I had someone once, uh, many years ago, Creflo Dollar, he had given away 800 cars. Esther 2.18, while you recover. Esther 2.18 is the scripture that's going to come up. Let's read it together. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants. Now, this is not what we are talking about, but it's very helpful, especially to married people. Esther was the queen, was the wife of the king. And the king made a great feast for the wife, for the queen. And called it the feast of Esther. So for example, if I was to do it, I wouldn't call it the feast of Esther. I would call it the feast of Ari. Now, all the people who are not happy, your husband or your wife has never... Your, your birthday comes and passes as if you were not born. Yeah. Yeah. This year, I had two birthday parties. Two. Courtesy of my wife. There was one where they knew... I, I knew there was going to be a party. Then, they connived because they couldn't surprise me because I knew there was going to be a party anyway. So they connived. So we had this party very successfully on a Sunday 
afternoon, evening, if you are not invited, I am not done organize it. I'm just telling you about the party. Yeah. So they connived with some other people who I will not name, but they know themselves because they are here and they even lied to me. <laughs> to somehow get me out of home on Monday, which is day off, so I'm usually there. They created some sort of emergency. They got some very important person who they knew I cannot defy to call me for a meeting in town. So I go to meet this man of God. I'm like, what is the matter? So we talk the matter. What? Kumbe. They are reorganizing the party that at home. And they have brought in other guests to stop. So we go home. I'm like, okay. But there, the people, I'm like, eh, 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 eh. yeah, I'm just the feast of Moses. So I'm just, you know, I, I, I like that whole idea of successful marriages. Eh? Yeah, because I once had a bad one married to the same person, by the way. Don't think I, I moved on from the bad one and went, because typically the problem is not the person. It's a lack of knowledge. Yeah, when, when you don't cultivate a garden, don't wonder about the weeds. Like this garden doesn't bring any fruit. You haven't put anything. Now, generosity of kings. The feast of Esther. For all his officials and servants and he proclaimed the holiday. It was this kind of feast needed the holiday. Yeah, in the provinces... This were 120 provinces. And it says, and gave gifts. The king gave gifts to all those other people. You know, like when it's your wife's birthday, and then you give gifts to people everywhere. <laughs> but the levels of excitement seem to be going down. Oh, it's paying attention. Okay. And gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. In other words, there is a specific generosity, yeah, Gloria, that is called the generosity of a king. Wow. So when, you're, when you're boy, boys are talk, talking to you, first evaluate their level of royalty and kingship. Otherwise, you'll be there throwing hints. My, my birthday is when My birthday is when Well... Then it comes and passes, and then you chop wires. I told you, you did nothing. Report them to their disciple. <laughs> there are some people I'm dealing with right now. According to the generosity of a king. There is a generosity kind called a generosity of a king. Now, we find a king with such a mindset. His name is Solomon, King Solomon. Considered the greatest king to live ever. Even Jesus, apart from Jesus, of course, is the king of kings. Even Jesus, when he was teaching in Matthew 6, he said that, uh, look at the lilies, and say that even Solomon, in all his greatness, was not arrayed like one of these. 
And then he was rebuking one of those cities and said that a greater than Solomon is here. In other words, in, with Jesus, when he talked about greatness, the reference point for greatness was who? Solomon, may you become the reference point for greatness in your spaces, in your family. Yeah, this is a prophetic word actually right now. Some of you, that's what's going to happen. You're going to become the reference point of greatness in your workplaces, in your families, in your spaces, in your cities, where when they say they are looking for the great people. Now receive it. Don't look at me like I'm talking things that pertain to people in other countries. You are the one. Yeah. That's God's design. That's God's design that his children, you know, he says that you are the light of the world. And he says a city on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. Yeah. God's design for you is to come out of hiding. You become the reference point. They said, where are you going? Ah, we're not there. Let's take you. Yeah. Where, when, where you live, it's not jump the cow, turn up after the goat, you'll find a border border there, there's an anthill, and then there's a tree which was recently cut, and when you've turned the second left, <coughs> no, 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 no. You should just say the name. I'm going to Mohumuzaz. You know when people, when, when people are looking for your house and they ask at the airport? And they're like, we know there. Just sit. Airport taxi knows. Okay. I'm preaching better than you're listening. You see, I think lockdown has created a lot of unbelief in you. So I'm here trying to bring faith to the room, but what? People are like, Kale, watch it at the border, border stage. But airport! Okay, Kale, border, border stage. You like the airport? Yeah, for your home to be a reference point from the airport. You think that when you go to the, at the airport and you say you're going to state house, you think people are going to say they don't know where that is? Yeah, they know that home is known from the airport. Yeah, such shall be your home. Well, yeah, that's your story. That's your story. Receive it. So Solomon is a great man, but here is where it all started. Second Chronicles 1, 6. Let's read together. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. You know, we have a word alive beginning tomorrow. 6 a.m., 12.30 p.m., 5 p.m. And in between, it's just prayer. This place will just be set up for prayer. No one will be disturbing you. It will just be you and God. Yeah. You see, it says, and Solomon went there. Spiritual things are up. You ascend to them. Spiritual things are not lowered to you. Yeah, you don't declare defeat and you give up and lie down and say, I have quit. And then somehow they will bring victory to you. Say, 
Bananga, this one has quit. Let's take the victory. No. You will be surprised that you will keep seeing the victory, but it is somewhere. You need to get up. It's called faith. Amen. Grace is what God does. Faith is my and your positive response to what God has done. And what a life is going to be a space of faith. A space of rising up in faith. Amen. Ah, I'm excited. God is going to do something in us that we have never seen before. Ever. And the effects of it, by the way, will be seen many, many, many years. Right now I'm listening to a book by Reinhard Bonnke about his life and he's describing his life when he was just a young boy of 10. How he started, God started putting these dreams when he was like the problem child in the home. His mother spanked him so many times. After World War, what? And God started putting his, these dreams in him that he would be a, a preacher of the gospel in Africa. But his dad never believed because his dad had already decided who of, the, of his boys would be the preacher. So he just used to laugh at him and he was so hurt that his dad could not believe in the vision that God had given him. So then there were these prayer meetings in one of the small Pentecostal churches in Germany and they started praying. The people started praying, praying. Every day they had daily prayer in that small church, daily and he started begging his parents to take him. Because people were receiving baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is, and he really wanted it. But the, the mother was like, ah, 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 ah. Reynard, stubborn boy, what? Stealing money from my past. Now you want to go to a prayer meeting. So one time, he, when the mom turned him down, he just burst out and started crying. And that's when the mother knew, eh, this boy is serious about godly, godly things. Let's take him to the prayer meeting. So they take him to the prayer meeting. This church was praying. It was a small church of very poor people in Germany because they had been beaten in the war. They had nothing. And they are praying and they are praying. And one of those days when they went for the prayer meeting, an old woman started testifying how she had seen a vision. And she said she saw a vision and there was a young boy and that young boy was surrounded by many black people. Now, I remember Reynard had been having this idea that he was going to, be, to preach the gospel in Africa. Now, when you're a young German boy under Nazi regime, you don't even know what is Africa, where is Africa, but for him, just, that's the thing. So this woman is giving a, I saw a vision. There was a young boy surrounded by very many young, very many black people, and he was giving out bread. He was giving out bread to many, many black people. And then the woman looked and she saw Reinhard and said, that, that is the boy. That's the boy I saw in the vision. You know, Reinhard Bonke became the foremost evangelist in Africa, leading millions of people to the Lord. In one of his crusades in Nigeria, one million people gave their lives to Christ in one crusade. A million people. A million people. Wow. Guess where it started? 
a small church in a defeated country, poor people praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Ha! Ha! You never know. You may come and pray the whole week and the thing God is preparing for is 50 years, 100 years from today. Yeah. I'm a giver. So even in prayer, I pray. I don't, I don't pray for things that I must see myself. Yeah. I believe that I'm seeing some results of people who prayed long ago. So I, I must. They said, pay it forward. Me, I pray it forward. Yeah. And Solomon went up there to the bronze altar before the Lord, which was at the tabernacle meeting, and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. One thousand. That is incredible. These are like bulls, cows. One thousand in one night. So if you had ten hours, that's a hundred an hour, which is more than one per minute. Slaughtered whatever the whole procedure, I don't know if they skinned, but I don't I know you don't offer it up with its innards, entrails, removing and then put on the fire the whole night a thousand burnt offerings. How much is a good cow or bull around here? Not, not in Chalwajala, there is no cattle there, but like if you go a little west. Huh? Three million, a good one. A bull. So three million shillings times a thousand. That's just the financial value. We are not here talking about the bother, the, the number of people helping out ETC. Are there people? You're processing. Now, I want you to think about your own life. What is that? Because we're talking about blessed to be a blessing. And the main point I'm making this afternoon is if you're going to be a blessing to people effectively, you can't do it with your meager human resources. You need divine grace to, be, to really bless people. Because you and I, we have limitations. To be an effective blesser of people, I must tap into God's resources. But tapping into God's resources starts with you displaying the kind of heart to him that shows him that you trust him for him to entrust you with these resources. Because Solomon, I mean, why? Why a thousand? Did you know that according to the law, only one would have been enough if it was an issue of paying for sins, one? In other words, he's not approaching as a sinner. He's not coming to look for mercy. Solomon is not making an offering for mercy. Lord, have mercy on me. Here is your bull. I'm so sorry. No. He's making a statement. He's like, this is one king meeting another. Now remember, Solomon has just become king. He has just been, become king and this is his first official activity. It's called the first fruit in some places. It's like 
This is my new office. Let's, let me go talk to God. A thousand burnt offerings in one night. This is not for answering back at me, but for storing in your heart. What's the greatest gift you have ever given, given to God in one go? The answer to that question will challenge you, hopefully. Because we talk a lot about God, but do we really know who he is? Do we really know who God is? So this guy goes and offers a, a thousand burnt offerings. Wow! Verse 7 says, On that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask, what shall I give you? Now, you know, there are ways of provoking God the right way. Yeah. Hmm? There are ways of what? This guy provoked God. Now, imagine your God. Now, that's a hard imagination for some people. Totally hard. And I understand. But imagine you are God. You are there in your office in heaven. You just opened your windows. Maybe you've woken up early to solve some problems in the universe. And then you start smelling some offering from far, far, far down on one of the planets. <laughs> huh? You're like, eh. what's that? <sighs> Presses the intercom. Gabriel. Report to base. In comes Gabriel. I don't know that uses the window. That door. you know when you can fly anything is possible. <laughs> Gabriel, like, do you smell what I'm smelling? Like, Father, what I smell? No, just, just focus. I don't know how you focus the smell, but yeah. So Gabriel. Yeah, it says I smell it. Go find out. I think someone is trying to get to me. So Gabriel's like, I'll be back. <laughs> now, please, I'm trying to use imagination. Eh? So don't, don't start analyzing the theology of it all. Does God need to send an angel? Can't he see it from where he is? I know all of that, okay? So just indulge with me. Yeah. Yeah. Intercom. <laughs> but God's using intercom. What if we switches off that day? Anyway. <laughs> the people at the back are we okay? Yeah. This is. This is garage. We, we understand the word. So Gabriel comes. Whew, even before he reaches earth, he's like, the smoke is too much. I can't land. <laughs> he just goes back straight. Whew, back to the father's office. Whew, hey! What is happening down there? You will not believe it. Okay. 
<laughs> I know that's impossible because God always believes, right? Just imagine that like God is being shocked into the whole thing. You want it? He said, boy called Solomon, he is the offering a thousand. They are like a guy you say that, 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 that's David's son. God is like, are you for real? Get my robe. Get my divine robe. Where was it? In, in God's wardrobe. That's why it's a robe. It's in a wardrobe. Some people have even never worked out the relationship between robe and wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are there as is a word blouse. So God swings on his his divine robe and woof, he comes himself. And now Solomon is tired from the whole thing of offering too many what? Cows. So while he's there, he feels the heavy weight of someone sitting on his bed. Are you seeing Solomon's bed shaking? Eh? Eh. Heavy weight. Eh. Divine kilograms. So he's a bit irritated. Like, who is this? Why are you doing? <laughs> I'm tired. I'm tired. Who's this sitting on my bed? And God is like, it is God. God who? Huh? Is it Godwin? Is it Godfrey? Godwill? Which other gods are there? Godon? Huh? Godman? Godson? My God. <laughs> and God's like, no, just God. Call me God. So, so, like, hey, go what? <laughs> and, so, and God is like, dude, I just saw what you did outside there. What do you want? My God. Yeah. What do you? What, what, if God came and sat on your bed, and ask that question. What kind of answers would you give? Huh? Give me a what? Give me a week to think about it. I need time to compile. Uh, decide what kind of answers would you give? If God came and sat down, said, this is God. What do you want? My God. Shegede. Lebraha. You'd be like, God, first of all, let me see your ID, your national ID. Because <laughs> I want to be sure that I'm talking to the right person. Show me your passport, you know. Yeah, and God is a spirit, so in his passport there is no picture. <laughs> Can I tell you what you would tell him? The very things you've been praying about. 
Yeah, those are the things. You'll be like, hey, God, you're sure you're God. Okay. Are you, you're sure you want to do this? Okay. Husband. Dark, tall, and handsome. With money. Promotion. Whatever. That sickness that has been disturbing out. I mean, you would go down the line detailing all the things that have been bothering you. You're like, finally, God. Yeah, Pastor Mose, God, Wow! Now, what did Solomon ask for? Next, next verse. And Solomon said to God, you have shown great mercy to David, my father, and have made me king in his place. Now, O Lord God, let your promise to David, my father, be established, for you have made me king over people like the dust of the earth in multitude. Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people, for who can judge this great people of yours? What does David ask for? Rather, Solomon, wisdom and knowledge. Why? Because he knows his purpose. He knows his calling is to be a king. And so he asks for that which is in line with his purpose. When you don't know your purpose, you're going to waste encounters. You're going to come to what life and with your well-typed list of prayer items and you will waste the encounter because you have reduced your life to your current existence without the knowledge that it's about purpose and usually your purpose has nothing to do with you at least a good one if they ever tell you those things write down your vision write down your purpose and then you are you are in the picture crowd here in the studio is tough for those who are watching online. Your purpose has nothing to do with you. Do you know, have you ever heard of myopia? Short-sightedness. That's why I use what? Specs. Because without these lenses, I can't see too far. I can see, but things are not clear. Hmm? Good vision sees away from you. That's a good vision. It sees away from you. If your vision is just you seeing yourself like this, you're in the picture, that's not good vision. In fact, we are not expected to be looking at ourselves like that. That's why they even invented mirrors, so that when you need to look at yourself, at least first look at something else to see yourself back. So if your vision and your purpose is just you, it's not a good one. That's why you see Solomon even starts from his father David and talks about the people. It's about the people you have called me to bless. It's about the people you've called me to serve. Lord, help me. Give me the resources I need to serve these people well. Are you understanding, friends? It's very, very, very different from 
what you think your life should be about. Then God said to Solomon, because this was in your heart and you have not asked riches or wealth, because that's with riches or wealth, because most people's prayer requests, more than 60-70% of the items on that prayer list have to do with money. It's not rent, it's money. It's not clothing you need, it's money. It's not food, it's money. It's not a promotion, it's money. Your whole life is money controlled. Wow. You know you can't turn away from that. Jesus said that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. He said that the things that the heathen seek for, they will be added to you. If you focus on others and other people's needs and focus on God giving you that which enables you to serve them, he will take care of you. So he says, you've not asked for, for riches or wealth or honor or the life of your enemies, nor have you asked long life, not even about health and long life, but have asked wisdom and knowledge for yourself that you may judge my people over whom I have made you king. He says, first of all, wisdom and knowledge are granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth. The stuff you're not asking for, God is going to give it to you. If you pursue purpose, God will give you the stuff that other people are pursuing. The stuff will pursue you. Okay. I mean, the amens in the room indicate that people can hardly believe it. I'll give you riches and wealth and honor such as none of the kings who ha have had were before you, nor shall any after have the like when you focus on God's purpose for your life, on serving others, on asking God when you have to equip you to serve, he will take care of you. Yeah, I, I took long to respond to God's calling on my life because I I really wanted to take care of my family. I was like, no, 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 no. The thing of pastoring, no, 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 no. I need to take care. I stuck it out. I designed buildings. I did everything. Man, I, I, I suffered. Until I threw in the towel, I said, okay, I've quit. God, I've quit. Take over. He took over big time. He has taken better care of me than I could ever have taking care of myself. Amen. So what happened? So Solomon came to Jerusalem from the high place that was at Gibeon from before the tabernacle meeting and reigned over Israel. And Solomon gathered chariots and horsemen. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horsemen whom he stationed in the chariot cities with the king in Jerusalem. Also the king made silver and gold as common in Jerusalem as stones. And he made cedars abundant as the sycamores which are in the lowland. Silver and gold as what? As stones. In other words, this thing called resources, financial, silver and gold in the Bible is money, was just not a problem. Not just for Solomon, but everyone in the city. The whole city prospered 
because of one man's wisdom. You know, true prosperity is not when you have made it and you've built a very high wall that even those who are coming with, I don't know what, can't get in, but right outside there is poverty and hunger and death. No. True prosperity is when the whole city starts prospering because of you. When God gives you that one idea and you start employing 2,000 people. Yeah, that's true prosperity. You see, some people's businesses don't make progress because they, they are trying to figure out how not to get anyone else on board. And you can't do great things alone. To do great things, you must involve people. To build a great business, you must employ people. And you have to pay them. Yeah, that's what it takes. So, that's just a little thing there for business people. But the, the point we are making here about the generosity of kings is how Solomon saw God different from how everyone... Everyone was going there to offer their cow, one bull, one goat, okay, not goat, what, sheep, lamb or pigeons for their sins. Solomon didn't see things like... He was like, this. I'm going to meet the king, the king of kings. And he went as a what? As a king. And because it is more blessed to give than to receive, you can never outgive God. God was like, no, 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 Solomon. Good shot. Now let me show you what, what's up here. And God opened Solomon's mind. By the way, Solomon was a businessman. If you haven't read, go read about all his international trade from Egypt, Keve, wherever. And he was so successful that everyone in Jerusalem had. It was just common. Money? No, no. What? Yeah. That is what happened. But where did it start? 1,000 burnt offerings in one night. Wow. How did Solomon solve everyone's financial problems? Being extravagant with God. Generosity with the king of kings made him capable of solving everyone's problems. Some of us, the reason we have not been able to solve a lot of people's problems is because we are not generous with God. Now, you want to be a blessing? I'm blessed to be a blessing. You're blessed to be a blessing. We should be sorting out our neighbors, families, wherever it is. But you know where it starts? Generosity with God. That's where it started with Solomon. That's where it starts with you. That's where it starts with me. Pastor Angie, I'm not seeing Pastor B3. So, you all are going to come and get started. Amen. Are you blessed today? Do you receive that message? Are you blessed to be a blessing? Are you ready to be generous with God? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God wants your heart. He wants your heart and he has created you for a purpose. He has created you for a purpose and, he, and, and the whole of heaven is behind you. You're watching today and you have not given your life to Christ. You're waiting to 
become a certain person before you say yes. And God is saying that in me is who you're supposed to be. Say yes to me. Give your life to me so that you can have significance. Give your life to me. And it's in me that you're going to find your purpose. I'm going to invite everyone right now at Worship Harvest Center to stand up. And wherever you are, the different hosting centers that enjoy locations, just stand up. Just stand up for a minute. You have not given your life to Christ. And God is saying, today, today, say yes to me. Say yes to peace. Say yes to purpose. Say yes to joy. Say yes to freedom. There are people in this room right now and at the different hosting centers and you're going to say yes to Jesus. It's a very simple process. Just put up your hand. Put up your hand wherever you are right now. I see your hands. I see your hands. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Other people, just put up your hand. Say yes to Jesus today. Say yes to purpose. At the different hosting centers and at the different locations, I see your hands. I see your hands. Heaven is celebrating. Celebrate with me. Heaven is celebrating. Heaven is celebrating the decision that you have made to say yes to God. Amen. Amen. God is healing people today. God is healing people today. I get the sense that people have come today with a heavy heart. And God is saying, comfort, comfort. Receive my peace. Receive my peace. Do not worry about anything. Everything is going to be okay. for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.